Hey everyone, you are listening to the Above the Tree Line podcast, where we take difficult questions about Christianity, faith, and culture and answer them through the lens of scripture. You can listen on your preferred podcast platform or watch online at youtube.com slash Austin Christian Fellowship. If you'd like to submit a question for us to address, you can do so at acfellowship.org slash podcast. everyone and welcome back to Above the Tree Line with Will Davis Jr. And Lauren Thurston. And Lauren Thurston. Yay. Dynamic Hi, duo. Friends. We're back. Um, we <laughs> Let's just go with duo. We're not duo? sure that's a dynamic duo. It's just a duo. Dynamite. Oh, you go. Okay. The the duo's back. So we got this question submitted to us several times. And before we dive into it, I do want to say thank you guys so much, so much for sending the topics. They continue to come in on a daily basis and we're not collecting your personal contact information. So they're coming in anonymous. And I just love the wide range of things that you guys are asking about and the things that you are interested in and the humility that you're bringing these questions with. Um, Today, I want to preface this subject by just saying that there again is no shame or condemnation in this conversation um it very may well strike a nerve with some people because we are going to be diving into the topic of mental health and if christians should be taking antidepressants anti-anxiety medications um medications in that class this is a question that we've received several times from people who i believe are struggling with this, like, is it okay for me to be medicated with for this thing, or should I wait for God to heal me? Um, so it's a really difficult subject, but I do want to let you mm. guys know that yeah. we're approaching this humbly. Again. Again. Um, very difficult question. But before we get started, I just want to say, pre-COVID, one in eight Americans was taking an antidepressant. That was pre-COVID. But then in 2020, that number rose, like we saw an uptick by 18%. Um, people being diagnosed with depression, anxiety, panic disorders, um, other mental health distress. And there are very loud camps. There's people who believe that this is a spiritual issue. There are people that believe that this is a medical issue. Um, do you have an opinion on if mental health, is it both spiritual and physical, or do you think it weighs more heavily one or the other? I don't think, first of all, thank you for asking. And thank you guys again for these great topics. And I just want to say what what Lauren said, there is therefore now no condemnation. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, you're, you're okay. Whatever we say. Mm -hmm. Okay. We love you. And thank you for asking. I will, I will reveal my own limp with which I walk in this podcast for sure. Um, I don't think you can separate the trichotomy that is body, soul, and spirit. Hmm. So if I'm, a, if I'm hurting in my body and I've had chronic pain before, it affects everything. It affects my, my emotions, my mental outlook, and my spiritual outlook. If I'm emotionally stressed, it can make me sick physically, and it can hurt my walk with Christ. So I don't think you can pull out one and say, if, if I'm depressed, it's not going to affect me spiritually because you're, you're linked in there, body, soul, and spirit. And the flow can go out and the flow can go in either way, to out toward your body or from your body into your spirit through your soul. And so they're inseparable. And so, yeah, this is an important topic. And, and how you treat one will affect how you feel in the others mm-hmm. or not treating one. Mm-hmm will affect how you feel in the others. Well, there are in the medical camp for decades, 
um, more than half a century, people have been referring to mental health illness as a chemical imbalance. And I know that is highly debated in the medical community um, because there's, it's, it's a hard um, it's a hard subject to gather like reliable data on and to prove. So there's there's a theory that it is caused by a, a chemical imbalance, or you know it could be a lack of serotonin. And so there are several classes of medication that are used to treat these, and doctors prescribe them as if they would any other medication. It's like if you have um, back pain, if you have something wrong, um, if you have an infection, they're going to give you a prescription mm -hmm. for this. However, this class of medications does seem to be viewed slightly differently than, say, Tylenol or amoxicillin in the Christian community, because there are some people that believe that really what we're experiencing isn't a so-called chemical imbalance, but rather um, it's a problem of discontentment. It's an attitude problem. It's pessimism. It's worrying, which the Bible tells you not to do. So some people will say this behavior you're partaking in is sinful. <laughs> um, worry is sinful. Anxiety is the opposite of belief and trust in God. And those things can have physical effects. So if you wake up one day with an ulcer because you're a worrier, you still have an ulcer. And you can take medication for the ulcer or you can try to pray it away. You can also quit worrying. But once I've got the ulcer, I may have it for a minute. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think being depressed is sinful. I think that I can have behaviors that can lead to depression, and those behaviors can be sinful. If I, if I make a really bad choice and it costs me my marriage and my job at ACF and a lot of friendships, guess who's going to be depressed? Mm -hmm. I am, living with the fruit of my sin. The depression itself, the, the mental sluggishness that comes with depression— might itself not be a sinful state, but every decision I made to get me there is. So yeah, I, I don't want to, I, what I don't want to communicate, and you're not, Lauren, to the people that struggle with this, because I'm on medic, I've been on medication since I was 30. Um, I have a bipolar disorder in my family, and um, I have dealt with depression really early on and have had two depressive bouts in my adulthood and pull myself out of ministry in both cases because of those depressive bouts. And I take an antidepressant every single day. So let's just get that out there. Um, I don't think I'm being, I don't, what I don't want to communicate is this is a lack of faith on my part. Mm -hmm. I have a significantly high faith gift and, and believe God can heal the way he has chosen to work in my life in this case is through an antidepressant. It just keeps me from kind of slipping back into that dark place where I've allowed sin or other things, the previous generations, whatever, to creep in and give me the ability to get really dark. So I don't think being sick and having depression is a sinful thing or taking antidepressants, but you're right. There mm -hmm. are people who disagree. Mm -hmm. And that was a long answer. I apologize. No, but thank you for your humility and yeah, honesty. Sure. And just very being honest about it. Transparent in how we address this. Um, because I do think it's important for people to know that they're not the only ones who are walking through this. Like the leaders and like our spiritual fathers struggle with mm -hmm. the same thing that we struggle with. And even though I wouldn't even say my generation, it's the generation behind me. I think where we're seeing the the numbers for mental health illnesses kind of 
continually increase. Um, I think it's important for them to see their elders saying, hey, yeah, this isn't new for you. This is something that that generations before you have walked through, and here's how he, we dealt with it. But I think there is that interesting kind of argument, um, and I feel like there are some Christians that struggle with, do I just wait for God to miraculously heal me, or do I seek medical healing? And that can be a really challenging thing. I know people who have received cancer diagnoses, and they mm. they want to wait. They're like, I know God is capable of healing me, and absolutely he is. He's the God that parts oceans. He can heal anything. We've seen him do it before. But they struggle with, do I, do I seek medical healing, or do I seek miraculous kind of spiritual healing? Can, don't, this is rhetorical, don't feel the need to answer, but can God not heal miraculously through physicians and through medication? Healing is still miraculous. Mm -hmm. Our body's miraculous that somehow I cut my arm and the, the body knows how to heal and put a scab and bring that skin back together. Uh, I'm not convinced God, since he's given us the brains to discover medical science, that isn't God working through the great technology. But if I get hit by a car and my femur is pointing in three different directions, Okay, I may not want to just wait for God to heal mm -hmm. me right then. He could. He could, but yeah. I'm probably going to say, whoa, this really hurts. Mm -hmm. How soon can you guys put a rod in this thing and straighten out my femur? Because mm -hmm. this is no fun. And I don't think I would be having a lack of faith to pray, please fix my femur. I yeah. mean, I don't care who does it. Let's just fix it. Yeah. It's all God, ultimately, yeah. in my opinion. So again, if you, if you choose to amoxicillin or Lexapro, Xanax, whatever, to treat what's going on, I don't think that's a lack of faith since God has allowed us to know how to do that through medical science. Mm -hmm. No, I would agree with that. And I would also, I mean, if I was personally encouraging Christians, um, I know that there's pushback in the Christian community that um, just antidepressants are just getting handed out like candy to everyone. I mean, kids yep. are being prescribed antidepressants. So there is, um, there's a concern yep. about the amount of medication that's being dispensed in regards to mental health. And I, I get that, but I would also encourage Christians not to kind of compartmentalize this type of drug away from all the other ones and, like, and say that this one in particular is, is not okay. Because I do believe, like you said, that God can heal miraculously through medicine. Medicine and doctors is a gift that he has given yep. us um, to sustain our lives, to keep us healthy, to keep us well. Um, I don't I don't think that we should be reckless in how we prescribe medications. I'm saying this as a pharmacist daughter. Like I grew up with, I mean, we there's we, I, we know all about, had the little books that had all the details about <laughs> the different prescriptions you could take. Like I grew up in a house knowing about all that. But I also grew up in a house knowing that God can bring the dead back to life, and Come he on. doesn't need a pill to do it. And you prayed for healing, and you've seen it and many, seen many times. And I've seen healing. I've seen miraculous healing without medication. I've seen healing with medication. Both of them were God. We're not going to rob God of mm -hmm. his, like, touchdown. Like, he did it. Yeah. Um, he came through. But I... Right. It, it, can I speak to something you said? Sure. Really, really insightful. Michelle Briggins, our church staff, says this all the time. If, if you find a baby in a river... The first thing you do is pluck the baby out of the river. Mm -hmm. If you keep finding babies in the river, you keep plucking them out. But at some point, you go upstream and go, "What's why are there babies in the river? Mm -hmm. There is a need to go upstream in this yes. case, Lauren. And all the ADHD medication that suddenly we're handing out and all the depressants. When we are the richest nation on earth, we have, we're the one of the most evangelized nations on earth. There does seem to be a disconnect. Mm -hmm. 
between our lifestyles and the peace that passes understanding. Um, and so I don't want to discount that, that we're pulling a lot of babies out of the river and it seems to be increasing. There might be a need for us to look at our lifestyles a little bit uh, because if you're not practicing, I got part of why I got depressed years ago was I wasn't practicing Sabbath. Mm. And I was dishonoring the word of God for a really good cause, Austin Christian Fellowship right. in the kingdom. For ministry, yeah. It wore me into the ground. And I was violating one of the Ten Commandments, which is I might as well have been committing adultery every day. There's no difference. Mm -hmm. I was violating the, the commandment to practice Sabbath, not honoring the covenant of God, and it made me sick. And at some point, you got to look at, is my lifestyle, and the, the presence, yay God for him. But I was sick because of my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So there's a, we might need to go upstream a little bit and look at why are there so many babies in the river? Maybe we're not living in a way that's consistent with the mm -hmm. word of God. That can make you sick. Yeah. And like you said earlier, where it's hard to separate the physical from the spiritual. I would also say in terms of spiritual attack, if the enemy knows that you struggle with an anxiety yeah. disorder or a depression disorder, that is something that he can continue to poke at, mm -hmm. which kind of combines the spiritual world. Like it's a physical weakness, but it's also a yeah. spiritual weakness. It's an area where it's like a, sometimes a wound that maybe doesn't get healed all the way and it just keeps getting poked at. So I agree that it, it's really difficult to separate um, like if you're a Christian, it's really hard to separate your spirituality yeah, from anything. You really can't, right? You really can't divide them up. They're all related. So there's, you know, in reading Paul, I love Paul because he just, to me, I'm like, seems like he's just got it all figured out with <laughs> some of these things that he's writing. He says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. You know, that's how Paul, you know, that's how you know Paul wasn't a Texan. Because he says, whatever state I'm in, I'm content. And no Texan oh, would ever say right. that. No true Texan would ever say that. Yeah, just no, get that I out totally, there. No, I totally, totally yeah. agree. What I've Sorry. learned the secret to being content in every situation. And what is the secret? Jesus. <laughs> it's looking at Jesus. Um, he And he, Paul had a lot of reasons to be depressed. I mean, he suffered physically so much. That list in 2 Corinthians of all the things he'd been through yes. and all the sufferings and the nights in the sea and beatings... And then he says, and oh, by the way, I worry about the churches all the time, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, if, if my suffering was enough, I'm worried about the churches. But he says, I found a way to get through it. And I take my, all my burdens and set them at Jesus' feet. So I was really spiritual and got depressed. Mm -hmm. That's the next thing I was going to go to. So even go if ahead. you have Jesus, you can still it get doesn't mean you're not going to slip into yeah. depression. But is depression synonymous with discontentment? I think depression can be the fruit of discontentment. It's not the same. So I remember a guy in ministry, used to talk, and this first time I heard this, talk about three dashboard lights, and then one was physical, one was spiritual, one was emotional. And he was looking at, as long as my spiritual life is good and I'm eating right and healthy, I'm going to be great. He was ignoring his emotional light, which, by the way, if you're doing ministry or anything significant every day, you're going to be writing emotional checks. Well, guess who hit the empty side of his emotional tank? And he crashed, even though he was in great shape, could run a six-minute mile and worked out and ate birdseed and tree bark every day <laughs> and was reading his Bible and praying, and he got thoroughly, ragingly depressed. But if Jesus is the secret, how could that still he wasn't happen? honoring. He wasn't honoring Christ with his soul. He wasn't doing soul care. He loved Lord Jesus, but again, don't divide him out. His soul wasn't at peace. But how would you know the difference between soul care and spending time in the Word, praying, 
worshiping, aren't those things soul care? They're interrelated. And if you're denying one, which he was denying his soul, he, in his case, he wasn't allowing his emotions to be dealt with. He was, um, as my friend once said about me, relationally handicapped and emotionally constipated. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and his little emotions blew up on him. And so he didn't allow God to heal that part of his mm-hmm. spirit. And so I don't think you can say if I'm spiritually fit, I can love Jesus, all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you can still get depressed because you've got to take care of your soul. If you're taking care of all three, I think you're much better set up to, to win the day than if you're denying one area. And most of us aren't really well-schooled, Lauren, on how to deal with the emotional side mm-hmm. of things. Well, I mean, that's true. I mean, you look at some of the most poisonous, from my perspective, are anger, resentment. Unforgiveness. Unfor- I was just going to say, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. And so much of that It'll can start um, just with like the this, this spirit of offense and how it can just grow these nasty roots and turn into... So that's the kind of mental, yeah. I mean, yeah, emotional yep. light that you're talking about. So Proverbs... 12 mentions depression directly. It says anxiety in the heart of the man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Hmm. So the first time I read that, I was thinking, oh, a positive word, an affirmation makes it glad. But then I started going a little deeper and I was like, when you think about the word, the word was God, the word was with God. Like the, the word has the everything in it necessary for contentment of your soul, Mm. right? It doesn't mean that your circumstances Mm -mm. are going to be great. It doesn't mean you're going to be happy, but it means that you're going to be content knowing that this life, this life is going to be hard, but what waits, what awaits me is eternity where there are no tears and no suffering. Um, I don't know if that's a correct interpretation, but the first time I read it, I was like, okay, positive affirmations, you know, we're really big in that this day and age. But I'm like, the most positive affirmation we have is the word of God. If you're looking mm. for a positive word, go to that word. Yeah. And let him let him be your balm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brother Lawrence wrote that wonderful classic book, Practicing the Presence of God. And as a dishwasher in a monastery, he tried to let that be an act of worship. And uh, I think one of the things that would help us all is to, is to slow down a bit and put God in those I'm driving Mopac in traffic, and I'm going to enjoy the presence of God in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I met my my kids. Little, I'm rushing from baseball game to baseball game. I'm going to enjoy the presence of God in this. That gives your soul a moment to catch up. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about some practical ways that people can actually do that. Like I'm rushing from work. I've got dinner that I got to make. I got a kid that's going to a game. Like, how <laughs> do you? You know what I'm gonna say? How? Because because this is actually on, my mom. life. You're a mom. This is you like this. I got dinner. I got screaming kids. I got reptiles and hamsters that need to be fed. <laughs> um, and so things get a little bit chaotic. But um, me personally, I have found. I mean, I started out with just worship music. I love worship music. Um, I experienced the Holy Spirit through just worshiping alone in my car and declaring the truth of his goodness over my own life. Um, and even since then, I started to get a little burnout on some of the songs because not there's when you play them all that many times, I have a long commute. Um, you need new listening material. So now I'm listening to the Bible in a year with commentary. And so every day that I'm in the car, which is about an hour and a half every day, I'm getting spiritually fed by the word of God. And to me, um, it's, it's, it's exciting and it's kind of sad because sometimes like you're hearing about Saul and you're like, Oh, that's me. Or you're hearing something that David says and it convicts you, but just finding little ways to keep the word of God, like have that be your diet. Like that's what you're consuming instead of Fox news or CNN uh, or NPR. Please. 
just digest the word of God or maybe even pray while you're in the car. So what I was going to say before I cut you Dr. off, Dr. Thurston <laughs> was, why are you rushing? Hmm. So that was where you lost me. I'm rushing around. What do you say to somebody who's rushing around from camps to kids to all sports? And that we don't have to rush. That's one of the lessons I learned back in the day when I got sick. I don't have to rush. That's a choice. Culture doesn't make me do that. Jesus didn't rush. Jesus never rushed. Rush hurries opposite of love. Mm. And so I'm like, part of what I might coach, if I was, if you're asking me, you know, why I'd like to say, why, why are you rushing? Because we're overcommitted. We, why are we overcommitted? So, so some of that can lead to depression or anxiety or other things for not just you, but for the kids you're hauling around all that stuff. And so I would push back on maybe it's maybe it's our lifestyles that are leading to this epidemic of mm-hmm. anxiety because we're not letting we're not sitting still long enough for God to do His healing work. Mm-hmm. Just gonna throw that out there. Well, it's a great point. I mean, look at so many other countries in the world. Are yeah. are their kids having to be enrolled in four different sports and have private tutors and SAT and training and be on ADHD drugs? Exactly. Yeah, I'll let that sit there. Oh, look at the time. Oh, yeah. And look, we just ran out (laughs) of time there. So we're just going to bottom line, though, um, continue to pursue Jesus. If I mean, there's if if you're, you know, doctors may prescribe medication, whatever your path of healing is, um, just let Jesus be a part of it. Yeah. Invite him in. Invite him into it. Um, Will shared a little bit of his story with us. So again, I thank you just for being super transparent with that. Um, If you guys want to dive deeper into this, we invite you to engage with us at acfellowship.org slash podcast. Um, Continue to send us your questions there. And as you can see, nothing's really off the table. We're pretty much taking everything. So... (laughs) Yeah. And we're having fun having with it. Having fun doing it. Thank you for yes. listening to us. So absolutely. Um, thank you guys so much. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye.